What is up, guys? Welcome to the MMA on Point live chat. It is another Wednesday. We have another card to review. We have another card coming up. Quite a bit going on. If you don't know who I am, my name is... Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Jason. What's up? You used to hearing my disembodied voice. I'm sure you're disappointed to see my face. Then I'm also joined by one of our other regulars here, Lawton. What's up, man? What is going on, everybody? Doing good, man. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Yeah, we dealt with some uh, technical difficulties, but As... Lawton here got us through all of it. Uh, I think that out. was more so you, but I'll take some credit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Doing good. Um, all right, so... Uh, I want to go ahead and introduce somebody here. So this is kind of a special thing here. So not only are we bringing somebody on today that's never been on the live chat, but he's going to be a new voiceover artist. And just to cue him up, this guy, I actually, I could be misunderstanding this because I didn't even realize this until I talked to him about it recently. He's like half of like ESFL, which is partnering with the UFC. And he also does commentary for them. He's also a Twitch streamer with 42.7K followers. He has twice the amount of Twitter followers that I have, which is very impressive. No, it's not. It's not that impressive because I have... Uh, it's it's impressive what you have. What I have is not impressive, put it that way. But um, so without further ado, let's introduce the man himself, Alex Richings. Alex Richings. And uh, he goes by Bailey, and most people know him as Bailey. How are you doing, man? What's up? Uh, fantastic. Uh, very, very thrilled and uh, delighted to be here. Hello, everybody. Nice to meet you. Hi. Well, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, no, I'm too excited for words, apparently, and also trying to stifle a laugh at that uh, Twitter comment as well there. So just silently <laughs> laughing behind, which I imagine that's how this whole chat will go, just me trying to stifle my, my laughs without a mute button. So. <laughs> no, dude, I'm just going to laugh over top of you the whole time. It's very laid back, <laughs> very chill. It's not like radio where you have to have like a cough button or something like that. So. Well, I came prepared with the traditional T-shirt and blazer combo of any good uh, MMA live chat panelist slash person so i just uh dress the formally in that way but not yeah we'll, we'll keep it chill it's fine laid back's fine <laughs> very laid back very chill well uh yeah so um i think we got a lot to recap this week uh you've been debriefed about how the kumite process works so i think we I know have. how this one goes let's just jump right into it folks i think we just do this thing so the way we normally do this, this is the Kumite Crunch, which is minute-long topics where we just go through it like an old-school Kumite karate tournament, rapid fire, and then see who makes it out at the end of this whole thing. <laughs> now, we don't really score it or anything like that. It's more just kind of fun. But um, what we want you guys to do is vote on whether or not it's myself or does Alex, the new guy, does he go uh, first on this topic? Uh, so... Lawton, um, if you are ready, yep. go and start. So, yeah, yeah, Bailey, and just a little preface, we've got five topics. Um, I'll kind of read the headline, give some backstory on it, kind of asking some questions, and then we'll, um, while I'm doing that, the chat will be picking who's going to take it first. So whoever gets picked That's first obviously gets the first minute. you got a minute to kind of give your two cents on the topic at hand. So, chat, as always, who should take it first? Should we throw it to Bailey, new guy, give him some, give him some pressure? Or should we toss be, it to Jason and see what he can do? <laughs> I'm so surprised if it's not me. because I, I, I mean, So first headline, first headline we got is Tony Ferguson. So that's the headline. So chat, same thing again. Keep putting who should take this one first in the chat. Um, so Tony Ferguson, is it gone? Is Oliveira just that good? And what happened on Saturday? So we're kind of just recapping what happened Saturday between the two of them. 
So let's go to the chat, see who we got. Somebody called you Bailey. Um, Bailey. Bailey. I go uh, by many names. It's fine. Some people put an M there for some reason. Like, I'm Bailey-um. Seeing... I don't know why there's a... It's the U in the end. I don't know if it disappears. So. <laughs> I'm actually seeing more for the new guy, man. Yeah, actually. Oh. Yeah. So, Bailey, we are going to toss this first topic to you of Tony right. Ferguson. So you should be able to see a minute timer on your screen whenever I start it. The so, pressure. Like we said, you got a minute. Kind of go over what you what your thoughts are on the topic. Are you ready? Yeah. No, All right, good. man. You got one minute starting now. Um, so obviously it's been a super debated topic this week. Whenever someone shows any sign of aging or like father time coming for them, we always talk about this. Uh, obviously some people say, you know, you don't want to tell someone when to retire, but it's an interesting case within this because they both kind of have been competing in MMA for the same amount of time. Charles Oliveira, uh, been around. In fact, I think he's had more UFC fights than Tony, obviously taking a lot longer to develop and his losses along the way have kind of been a few submission losses. Obviously had that TKO to Paul Felder, which was the last one he lost but Tony on the other hand obviously his losses recently have been more savage of a beating than not only to the the uh, the Gaethje fight there but in every war he's got and he's always taken damage so is he done I don't know he's definitely weathering it he's not showing too much gun shyness which is another sign we usually use to determine exactly. if someone's reaching the end of the road someone like uh Lola or Woodley in previous times but I think he can come back with another win I don't know if he should continue to fight in my mind, I'm not going to tell him what to do. So it's Tony. No one's going to tell him what to do. <laughs> Here we go. Right on the You're very forceful mark. with telling him what to do, man. I'm very offended. No, bro. I would never. <laughs> Great the man's got a mean Twitter game. I stay away from that. He does have a mean Twitter game. Good point. All right, Jason. Same topic. Tony Ferguson. You got one minute. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Let's do it. Um, so we actually did do a fight companion on this one. You can actually see our live reactions to how this one was going down. My actual impression watching it, and I still feel this way, is Tony looked as good as ever. If you watch the beginning of that uh, first round, I believe, he went for a spinning back fist and just a savage one-two right after it. It was really, really nice and really creative. He was still going for submissions from the bottom. Uh, he was really trying to attack things. It just didn't matter. That's how good Oliveira was on the night. And so if you ask me, I give him a lot of slack here. I think he actually just went up against two of the guys that are top of the heap. Actually, I want to see Oliveira up against Habib now more than anyone else. Just because that ground game versus Habib's ground game, could that be the antidote? You know, it kind of reminds me of Ortega calling him out or Max Holloway calling him out. So for me, I think it's just that he had a really tough fight against a tough opponent. It's not his fault. Leave him alone. No, uh, he's he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like that little uh, little tagline in at the end there. I think it was like a Britney Spears like callback. Like that tells you how old I am to when to, like there was this like this old viral video of some dude like crying on his. I don't even understand it to this day, but there we oh, go. Well, you referenced it, so that's all that matters. But okay, cool. So yeah, that was the first topic we got, everybody. So we're moving on to the second topic. So same thing, chat. Who should take this one, Bailey again, or should we give it to Jason this time? So the next headline we got is best fight of 2020. So kind of backstory on that one. It's where do you rank Figgy versus Moreno among the top fights that we've had this year in 2020? So we're kind of just ranking our personal best fights and if Figgy and Moreno are up there in that conversation. So let's go to the chat. No one's saying anything besides Tom. Who's not here. <laughs> Everyone wants Tom back Tom, so bad. Not here. Hi, Tom. 
Nicola said Jason. So, Jason, we're tossing this one to you first. There we go. Nicola. Nicola, sorry. You got, you're going to get it one of these that, days. Man. She's she's just one of our mods, you know? I'm just no respect. Dumb, no respect. I'm just bro. a dumb American. I can't pronounce things. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Please forgive me. So, cool. So, Jason, we got uh, the topic of Best Fight 2020. Are you ready for your minute? No. Well, too bad. Here we Damn go. It. Um, yeah, so when I look at this one, I think it's it's been the same running uh, all up until this point. We've got, you know, Zhang Wei Li going up against Joanna. That has been my number one throughout the year. Then you've got, what is it, Paul Felder versus Hooker. you got Hooker versus Poirier. And I would say those probably around the top three. There's some other good ones like uh, Burgos versus Emmett that were pretty strong that weren't necessarily like, oh, title fight implications or anything like that for the time. Although they are strong contenders. Um, I think that this falls probably at number two for me. I think I've still got Zhang Wei Li um, going up against Yoana, uh, um, just for the reason that there were no real controversies in that fight. There may, maybe there are some, and I've just forgotten it now, and I need to rewatch that fight. But there wasn't, you know, we'll get to this Ten in a seconds. little bit. Um, but the eye rakes, you know, the the ball shots and the, the kind of interesting things, or if you disagree with the point being taken away, which we'll talk about in a second, could have been any of those things. Yuana versus Zhang was just clean. Cool. Yeah, so it was great. All right, cool. A little, little over time, but not, not a bad minute, not a bad minute. So, Balian, moving He did all right. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, he's, he's all right. It could have been better. But just a right. failure. That's all. Just have to live with that for the rest of my life. <laughs> all right, so, Balian, same topic, best fight of 2020. Where did Figgy and Moreno fit into that conversation for you? So you got one minute starting now. Um, I think I'd have to agree with you uh, at this point, based on what we've seen so far, Wei Li and Jacek's probably the number one fight, not just because of the caliber and the quality of the actual martial arts that took place, but the fact that it was a fight. You know, I, some people call Ferguson uh, Gaethje fight of the year, but that that's more of a performance of the year, in my opinion, whereas the Wei Li one and the John Jacek one, that's a fight. That the, the, the amount of heart both fighters displayed, the determination, the grit, the will to win i think no other fight matched that up equally at the highest level in terms of the stakes as well the, the titles on the line so i think that's hard to argue with i, I want to do a personal shout out though the shane burgos fight I, I love a big fan of shane burgos the way he fights against emmett beautiful display of how mixed martial arts striking has evolved since you know the dawn of time also the kraus giles fight for a storyline going in i think that was a great contest mm. how does uh, last makes main event rank i think it was pretty good again the drama there was not as much uh, you know dropping and stopping and people getting hurt it was always constantly competitive which is good but i don't think it beats the 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 the, the heart that was on display in the, the wiley and jacek fight beautiful I went over. <laughs> awesome beautiful um by the way armenian jiu-jitsu gives us a two dollar super chat thank you for changing your name back because that was throwing me off so hardcore for it to be american jiu-jitsu for a couple of weeks he says jason versus mac is the 2020 fight of the year and uh yeah I, I i think that's correct i appreciate you there we go <laughs> was that a ufc4 contest that was on the stream or is that just you know still wishful thinking from the fans no i actually knocked him out um we oh, we wow. had a five round affair <laughs> i drove down i drove like an 18 hour trip just to go see that dude just to knock him out you know Got it. so there you go that's, that's impressive you know um, I, I read yesterday that uh uh, Mac knocked himself out when when doing a punching. There was a reply to a tweet somewhere where he hit himself in the Whoa. face that he knocked himself out. You know that's a you know that's a. <laughs> Dude, if you guys don't know who Mac is, shout out to uh, our Twitch stream. He will be doing that later on today. 
he is every bit the character that we are describing him to be with just that <laughs> one little anecdote. That is 100% him. I have to find that tweet. It was great. <laughs> All right. Well, we're looking for the tweet. We're going to move on to the third topic. Uh, so same thing, chat. Who should take it? Should Balian take it or should Jason take it? So leave that answer in the chat right now. So the headline we have for number three is point taken. So in the backstory on that one is, should that point have been taken away in the third round despite it being the only groin shot to that point? So we're kind of talking about the ref's decision to take that point there in the fight. So let's hop over to the chat. <laughs> Seeing a lot of Baileys. So mm-hmm. I think we know who it is. Hey. Yeah. yeah, this one is going to you again, Bailey. All right, no problem, no problem. <laughs> So, all right, you got a minute on the it's headline the of a point taken. You ready? Yeah. All right, one minute starting now. Okay, I think Herzog's probably right in this one. I mean, listen, people have different guises and opinions on, on the warning system. You know, I'm more of a fan of the warning gets told to the fighters in the back. If they display intention to eye poke, et cetera, with extended fingers, that's an additional warning. And as soon as they do it, I mean, depending on the, sever- the severity a point should be deductive after one if it is a severe incident. Herzog was on the floor literally looking at, you know, Marlon just coughing and spluttering. And in that moment, you know, he's going to make the decision, I'm going to take a point. This is clearly affecting the outcome of the fight. That's in the ruling, what it says. I think it's pretty cut and dry. Um, Obviously, as soon as the fight restarted, Moreno didn't seem to be that affected by it. He got straight back to it, but obviously he has to make the decision before that occurs. So hindsight, no. But in the moment, you know, I can't argue with the decision that he did it. Ten seconds. The fight does turn into a draw out of it, though, which is slightly controversial. I'm, the only people who should be upset, though, are the people who probably get bet on uh, you know, the <laughs> champion to win. So, that's, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> Dude, horrible right. take, man. Horrible take. <laughs> Terrible take. Just right terrible on the take, man. You're just right down the line, you know. I thought what, it was, a, you know. what a failure, dude. Uh, no, good stuff. Cool. All I right. like this because we have uh, opposing viewpoints, so there's there's a little bit of a oh. debate. I like it. Oh, okay, good. All right. There you go. All right. So with that being said, Jason, your one minute on the topic of point taken, starting now. Can I go to the bathroom first? Um, so for this one, I think that what it comes down to is actually what uh, Jason Herzog said after the fight is that it was actually the third foul. It might have been the first ball shot, but after having warnings of uh, frequent fouls, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think there were, frankly, more than two eye pokes. He got warned for two eye pokes. I saw more of that. And again, you can watch our live stream reaction to it. There was a point where I, it looks like it could have just been a bad angle, but he was pawing at his eyes. And I, mm, I'll put it this way. It looked bad. That is the wording I will use. It looked really, really bad. And uh, on top of him missing weight earlier this year, it was a really bad look. Um, I can't ascribe intentions, uh, so I don't want to. <laughs> That's a little, I'll sit on the, the fence just a little bit more than that um, before Ten going seconds. all the way. So I do think the point should have been taken away because it was the third foul that was called and it should have been taken away. I agree with it. Cool. All right. So bonus round, Lawton. I said I was going to do this to you this week. Oh, what is your take on this? You go for a minute, you son of a bitch. All right, one minute on this me. This is the first time, by the way. Yeah, you're seeing, you guys are seeing <laughs> history here. Um, so I have a very similar opinion to what Jason said. When we were watching that fight live, it seemed way too deliberate on what Figgy was doing before the ball shot because he kept putting his hand on Moreno's eye and his thumb kept just getting too damn close and it seemed from a casual's perspective, was a very deliberate hand placement. He should know better as a professional fighter, in my opinion, to not 
push someone's head and face and eye with your thumb being that close, especially when you bring in the whole argument of the UFC gloves that keep your fingers extended, which is a whole different conversation. So I think it was justified taking that point away. Honestly, I could probably argue that he should have had another one taken away because it just it just seemed like he didn't learn his lesson and Jason's in the background. So <laughs> that's my 50-second take. I do not have enough knowledge to ramble on for eight more seconds. So there you go. Yeah, um, I think that was the correct take. It was good. It was, it was good. similar to mine. Therefore, it was the correct take. <laughs> just, nice work, man. Well done. I figured that was uh, that if there was anything that you know we could have thrown to you, I feel, felt like you could have knocked that out of the park. So well done. Well done. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of the few topics I can maybe slightly bullshit ramble on. So <laughs> I'll take it. So okay, cool. With that being said, we're gonna move on to our fourth headline. Recover so, from all that. Yes, gotta recover from this. So. Uh, chat, same thing. Who should take this fourth topic, Balian or Jason? Leave it in the chat. And we got the headline of Thompson versus Neil, which obviously is referring to this weekend. So a little bit of backstory on that, or the question more so, is what are your thoughts on this fight, and do you care to make a prediction? Talking about Thompson versus Neil mm. for the fight night we have coming up this Saturday. Risky business predictions, isn't it? Yeah. What is this, ESPN? <laughs> <laughs> so, close but um okay so i literally only see one for jason one for bailey and so anybody else oh, wanna your chat is a lot i'll take this one really i'll take this one okay. go for okay. it brother it was the show bailey, right. by the way quick shout out to our writer anthony walker i see in the chat he what said the eye poke walker? was hard to defend good to see in here anthony walker so cool. So Balian, yeah, we will toss this one to you. We got the headline of Thompson versus Neil. Your one minute starting now. I think first of all, it's important to discern that both these fighters have been out of the cage for the same amount of time, even though it feels like it Ooh. might not be the case. It has been the case. Thompson definitely has all the tools to deal with a pressure forward moving fighter like Neil. He's a southpaw that might give him a slightly different look to fights he's fought previously height wise they're kind of the same and thompson's very good at using that length and that reach and the frame that he has although his legs will probably be longer than neil but neil's a a fighter who throws big power single shot targets you know head kicks from that southpaw stance once he's rocked you he creates chaos he crashes into you takes you to the cage whatever he's got to do to continually inflict damage and f try and find a finishing sequence within that chaos i think thompson is probably skilled enough to sit on the outside sway move pop but he has been caught by you know big single shots before you know the woodley fight obviously pettis knocked him out i think Ten thompson seconds. could get it done neil's gonna be a tough test but over three rounds neil usually gets his knockouts within the one or the two so i think if thompson can take it the distance he can probably get the win just in a decision if not catch him clean with a nice straight Ooh, there it is maybe okay right straight that's my boss impression. Not very good, boss. <laughs> or win by, by guillotine. Oh. Like it. <laughs> cool. All right. So, Jason, we're tossing it to you. Mm. You got one minute on the headline Thompson versus Neil, and we're going to start it right now. Um, for me, this one, I think it just come down, it comes down to experience, and that's where I'm kind of making my prediction. And that's tough because you, a lot of times you're left relying on the worst metric ever, and that's called MMA math. You know, going and looking at records, who people have fought, but sometimes that's all you have to go off of. For Jeff Neal, he's got a, a great, you know, streak going right now. But, you know, Mike Perry, as we've kind of seen, you know, isn't necessarily the best win. Do I think that was a better version of Mike Perry? Uh, yes, I absolutely do think that was. Bilal Muhammad is outstanding. Nico Price is also outstanding. Um, so I do think they're good wins, but it is a huge jump up. And this is going to be the real test for him. For Stephen Thompson to, to be number five, I believe this is versus number 11 here. 
I think it's hard for me to pick against Stephen Thompson, but I have to admit I am totally biased. Uh, our interview is going up with him tomorrow that I've spent so much time on. Uh, the second part, we already did the movie part, going on long to shout this out, so I think that counts. But um, So, yeah, that's my prediction. Stephen Thompson will win it. Let's just say it's a decision to give it more specificity. Cool. All, All right. right. Nice. And... I think I, I agree. Obviously, I agree with everything you just said as well. Just, it's not enough time, <laughs> is there? So, but that's a good point. I mean, Thompson's last win, also Luke as well, which is... If, if Luke couldn't catch him, who's a much more technical striker, I think it's going to be harder for Jeff to, but Jeff obviously has the athleticism that some of the other opponents he's fought doesn't. I want to continue these topics and discuss them, but I know we're in the middle of a segment, so I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, Bailey, you did I your... thought you were going into your answer. No, I was... I was. That's why when you triggered me... Bailey, you oh. started that one, right? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I've already done it. <laughs> okay, that's what... <laughs> I thought you were going into a part two, I thought two, you guys man. had done this show before. No, I can't. I, I mean, I could. I want to, but no, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, right when I switched back over, Jason was like, I just wasn't thinking, man. I, I just like, wasn't thinking. I think he already did his minute. So, okay. That was a, yeah, what that was little a, bit of multitasking, I'll blame it on that. What little bit of multitasking I'm doing right now. Like, Reading can, one or two comments was enough like, to throw me off. We can give him another minute if we want, but... Now, that's why I was like, okay. Now, we can talk as much as we want. Uh, yeah, this is, this is our show. We do what we want save here. So, okay, cool. So, moving on to the fifth and final headline. Same thing, chat. Who should be taking this one? Uh, Bailey or Jason. This is going to be ending the Kumite section. So, leave your answers in the chat. And the headline we have is Aldo versus Cheeto. So, the description is a similar question as Thompson versus Neil, but through the lens of Aldo's age relative to Cheeto's, new era versus old guard. Do you think Aldo still has it and is Cheeto up to the task? So that is the kind of backstory. Let's go to the chat. Looking, See more Jason. Yeah, definitely looking mm-hmm. like a Jason on this one. So we're <clears throat> going to toss that to you, Jason. You got one minute. You ready? Good luck, mate. Yes, sir. All right, starting now. Yeah, what's really funny is hearing you say um, Cheetos and yeah. it not mean the snack. Uh, I, I, just me being a dumbass hearing it that way, I, I actually snickered while you said that. Um hey. I think, yeah, this is a really interesting one. Um, so this is kind of like the uh, Tony Ferguson situation. Uh, Aldo, when he was up against Jan, I thought he looked incredible. And when he was making the Muay Thai adjustments in the second round against Jan, he looked really, really good. It's just that Jan was, frankly, up to the task and better on the night. You know, who knows? Maybe Aldo could win in a, a future fight. And it just doesn't look like it because it got super dominant. I think we're looking at the same situation here with Aldo. I think he's still impeccable. What is he, 33, 34, 34? Uh, what, 28? Um, so it comes back to this new era versus old guard, absolutely. And experience versus um, somebody who's been around for a while. He's still a veteran in Cheeto. But I think Aldo, I think he still has enough in him to get this one. Cheeto's up to the task, but I think Aldo will probably win. Cool. Landed right on the minute. Very nice. All right. Balian, same Very topic. Good answer, sir. One minute. You ready? Yes. All right. Starting off right now. Um, I think everything you said is completely true. Obviously, it's, it's evident this is an old guard versus new guard. Uh, Cheeto Vera has been around for a long time. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of Andre Feely in that. He's really worked and built on his game based around his style, found out what works for him and what doesn't. Obviously, uh, we've seen Aldo go back to the leg kicks, a long frame, like Cheeto's going to leave that target vulnerable, but Cheeto's got very good straight punches, so obviously the counter to those leg kicks will be the straight punches down the middle. It'll be interesting if he can catch him. Aldo's got great head movement. I don't think he'll have a problem slipping and dying on the inside with his body shots. 
it's an interesting fight though because Cheeto's definitely one of those people who's surging and feels like he has momentum especially just that O'Malley wins is going to give him so much confidence and Aldo is coming off the back of three straight losses you know he's talked about wanting to go into boxing I don't know if that's going to play any factor into this but you, you kind of have to look at the mindset going in I'm sure Aldo's still hungry but you know he, he got he got knocked off the track at featherweight then he came back into bantamweight like oh this is my new chance he's dropped one now he has to work his way back I don't know where his head's at I think Vera could get it done, but paper-wise, you have to go with Aldo. Great. Nice. Cool. Um, very good. Uh, we're definitely on the same page. I think we're on the same page on uh, four or five there, maybe. Pretty close. Um, let's Pretty keep, good. actually, let's keep the Kumite topics up because I want to give the chat an option to chime in here. Um, I did see, uh, so Anthony Walker giving him a shout-out. He also gives you a shout-out, Bailey. And he says, good oh. Lord, Alex has an incredible voice. I now have competition oh. for sexiest man at MMA on point. So that's high marks oh. from the current sexiest man, that's apparently. The self-proclaimed right. sexiest man. Ooh. Thank you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside, he's just like, yep, I know. I, I already know. Just going to play it <laughs> humble. Um, let's see. Moving it on. Yeah, so let's on any of these topics, whatever you guys want to chime in on, I definitely want to give you guys an opportunity because I did see a lot of comments out there. Did anybody disagree with our text? Did anybody feel like we, um, you know, maybe oh, yeah. missed the mark on a couple of these? We most certainly probably did. Jay Tivo says, what a great quick analysis. That's awesome. Boom. Um, I boom, think, boom. yeah, for some reason, the chat is coming up super slow today. I don't know what's up, but hey, Lot, what's your opinion on Surreal Gone? Not Ghana, by the way. Ooh. He corrected that in the post-fight press conference. Uh, they kept calling him Ghana all night, and we were so thrown off. It is yeah. Ghana. Um, was it Rogan? Bloody Rogan. I'm Bruce was calling him that, and I believe John Anik was calling him Ghana. Anik usually like gets a recorder, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah. say your name. He does that, so it would be weird. But I, my opinion on Garth, I think he's fantastic, beautiful leg work. What a, what, a, what a rare treat it is to see an athletic heavyweight who's able to fire kicks off as quick as he has and does. Low kicks into body kicks, both kicks, kicking inside, outside leg kicks. Absolutely phenomenal talent. I think he can go a long way. He seems to have a good grasp on the rest of MMA as well. Obviously, he's going to get tested against other people. But in terms of his skill set, I think it's incredibly impressive and really refreshing for the division. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, training with, uh, you know, Nganu in the past, obviously there's been a bit of split in their camp, but um, man, does that guy have a variety of strikes too. He doesn't just throw, you know, the kicks. He doesn't just throw, you know, leg kicks even. He throws head kicks. He has mm -hmm. the ability to submit people. He's done that in two of his UFC fights. Yeah. He throws flying knees. The guy is just so versatile. And um, if there's any edge that he would have it on in Nganu, if that were to happen, I think that's the fight people are wanting to see. There's the natural built-in storyline of training together and things like that. And they're kind of being that separation of their camps from then on. It's just really a beautiful matchup. Um, and really him versus anybody. There's the Rosenstrucks. There's the mm -hmm. Curtis Blades. Anybody at the top of the division who could forget Stipe. Yeah. Stipe is always, I feel like Stipe is always a dark horse in this kind of picture. <laughs> Because people are just like, I counted him out in the first Ngannou fight. And I actually think Ngannou's going to win the second time. I haven't learned my lesson whatsoever. And a lot of people <laughs> rightly point this out. What has Ngannou necessarily done to show that he can fend off the takedown? Yes, he knocked out Curtis Blades. Yes, he knocked out Kane. But did they actually go to the mat? No. So what would it look like if he was dragged through another first, you know, uh, well, I think Five it was the second hell. round, third round. Yeah, what would it look like? 
with uh, him not necessarily getting his way in the first couple of rounds? What would that look like? I, mean, I think it's a, it's a fair question, just considering that he hasn't showcased that side of his game. But, I mean, you also got to consider how the aging process of Stipe, he's taken a lot of shots, a lot of damage, especially in those Cormier fights. I mean, they were, they were kind of wars. He did get knocked out, but some people say it's a byproduct of the of the Ngarni fight. I mean, look, you don't know until you know. The problem is if he loses twice, he's not going to get a third shot, is he? So that kind of dashes mm. those dreams. So they got to be careful pushing him into it. But, you know, at a certain point, obviously, it is what it is, as they say. And he has to go for it. So I, I don't know. I, I mean... I, the, the defensive wrestling, I feel, is easier to teach than the mechanics of uh, offensive wrestling. So, I mean, stuffing the head, he's got the frame, he's got the body. He, he, he can keep it simple, and if he can hold the center, I, I don't feel uh, Ngane, uh, Stipe is one to drive him all the way back to the cage. Um, so it really depends on his, his not just his takedown defense and his mastery of that, but how much his MMA striking has improved in terms of range control, octagon cage management, uh, and of course, shot selection, because it was his wild shot selection that often allowed uh, Steve to duck underneath and, and grab body locks and things like that. So it's going to be an overall game. So even if we haven't seen much of his wrestling, we have seen an advancement in his technical striking ability, which will still factor in, I think, in the matchup. Great. Uh, I might be wrong, though. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah uh, I really like how specific you get. Um, we should um, point out, you know, just a chance to kind of profile. You do have some training experience, right? That is correct. Yeah, so can you can you detail that for people? Because uh, I think it's really important that people don't uh, think that you're just armchairing 100% of this. There well, actually is some... Because uh, <laughs> I, I try to stay away from that because there's honestly the truth of the matter. It's like I, I can say what I see, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have the expertise like you do. So yeah, let us, let us know a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I, I feel like... I mean, I know plenty of people who break things down and have a varying level of technical <laughs> understanding so maybe maybe i should just keep my mouth shut i don't know but um i feel like well i've been training since about 2011 on and off in mma um and and definitely would consider myself someone who has a, an understanding of the whole game not one specific area i didn't do any other martial arts before mma i came straight to mma but i had a, a variety of knowledge from sort of various mediums of i don't know visual learning my dad has been doing karate for like about 30 years or something stupid so i had picked up a lot of things like that before i started doing it but yeah i mean i've I've trained in the sport um i get and listen if you think i'm i'm not qualified to speak maybe i should be quiet but you know the thing about mma breakdowns and predictions anyway is i i'm doing the same thing i can only i'm only saying what i see you know and and sometimes in mma what you see it plays out and and sometimes you you make a prediction based on something that's completely different anyway so I think, as most people have said once before, sometimes it's more fun to talk about a fight than it is to to see the fight. So if you can get <laughs> into the details when you're talking about it, then and get down to the processes of specific techniques and counter techniques and stuff, I find it's an enjoyable way to discuss the sport ahead of it as, as well as watching it as well. So, speaking of which, who wins, Fedor or Brock? Uh, just kidding. Uh, classic <laughs> argument, as you were saying that. But yeah, I, I just thought it was um, helpful to kind of break that down because you are speaking from a, a quite a bit of knowledge. And uh, mm. I, I think it always helps to just kind of let people in on that experience. And I think it really helps. That's nine years. That's pretty awesome. About to be mm. 10. You know, we're almost to 2021 now. So, congrats on that experience. And I think it's really cool. Um, Ovin Vintage. Vintage. 
Am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't even think I've ever said your name out loud. He works for us. He's our social media uh, designer, so I should probably practice that a few more times. But it's good to see um, him in the chat. Uh, he's the absolute killer designer uh, behind all the Instagram graphics and things like that. Um, he just said Jason is my homie. <laughs> so uh, nothing uh, that great but um, or that insightful. Tito Ortiz, not the real Tito Ortiz, says Tommy Toehold is the sexiest. Um, I think he I agree. agrees with you. Max Randall is by far the sexiest, says Thomas Langston. All these shout-outs to the people in our chat. Um, Anthony Walker says, at some point, the weight cut has to catch up to Aldo, but Vera's aggression will play into Aldo's hands. Ooh, I like that insight. That's pretty great. Uh, I think it, he's... Sorry to interrupt. I feel like I want to jump it. in on all these points. I think he's aggressive as as in his... I think he's aggressive in his pressure, but not necessarily with his... It's a different. It's a measured aggression. It's aggression with with, with advancement and aggression with 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 uh, like straight short punches. It's not the kind of wild aggression where you're stepping into the pocket to exchange. You know, it's a pressure and it's it's sort of a leg kick aggression. So it'll be interesting to see how Aldo deals with that. Like you said, I'm not trying to make another prediction above that, but that'll be interesting to see. I mean, the frame of of, of Vera. He's only five eight, but I feel like he's he's a lot bigger than Aldo, which is funny because Aldo obviously changing weight classes. But I wouldn't be surprised mm. if we see Vera go up at some point, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all things MMA. Um, shout out to, it's another popular YouTube channel. Um, so I want to give a shout out to them. They actually put a comment in here. I appreciate seeing you guys in here. And it's good to see YouTubers in the same space, uh, you know, interacting. But he says, how do you guys um, think Kevin Holland will fare in the top 10 at middleweight? And by the way, all things MMA, I believe Superfan works for them. Who's, uh, you know, most people know him on Twitter. Um, he actually fought. Mac Malley at an ESFL event um, that we guest hosted. So mm -hmm. things coming full circle to ESFL there. Uh, shout out to ESFL again. But um, do you think Kevin Holland will, how do you think he will fare in the top 10? So I'll throw that to you first and uh, get your thoughts. Bailey. Uh, well, I think Lawton? it's important to know. No, that, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. How, is this in here? Am I Bailey, taking no, the, you're taking this um, one, Bailey. Um, I think it's important to note that Jeff Neal's last loss, I believe, was to Kevin Holland, right? So although Kevin Holland seems like a new kid on the block, he's had, uh, you know, a, a career outside of the UFC. Um, and honestly, he, he he's, if you saw like that brief second of him doing bag work in like ep embedded episode three or something, I mean, you, you can't <laughs> analyze an entire fighter's game, but he's incredibly athletic. Uh, he's rangy and he has a lot of confidence in himself you know he has sort of that john jones level of confidence where he'll believe in the techniques he's using and that's what makes them effective because he there's no hesitation in his decision making when he feels there's an opening for a technique he's open to use it he's open to use any technique in any given situation so there's no linearity to his game it's very fluid and that belief i think could carry him quite far he's got a great frame he, he's a good uh, he's, oh, he's like 190, I think, in, terms, in centimeters. I don't know why I'm doing centimeters, but that's the last. <laughs> I was on Sherdog earlier, so that's in my mind, um, which is like good 10 centimeters taller than someone like uh, Thompson, who's, who's big for that division. So, you know, he's got that long frame, dangerous, lots of weapons, confidence. And we know that the psychological game, talking to people, we know that throws people off, you know? So that's just, that's a whole lot of nasty and a, a young package of explosiveness. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems to be the, the ticket. Package of explosives. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. Well, so w w uh, were you talking about his height or were you talking about his reach there? 
when you're talking about sin. Oh, did, how much did you say? Let's uh, see. 190 centimeters. Oh, okay. Um, maybe that's right. I'm looking at, we don't use that here in the good old US of I a. know. We go I don't use that like, either. Like centimeters is just like such a small measurement. It's just like, it's hard just, to break that down for us. Um, but he's six foot three. So we'll put it yes, that way. Exactly. Or 1.91 yeah. meters, which is a lot easier. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and his uh, wingspan is 81 inches. So he's got quite the reach going on there. 206 centimeters. They actually have it in centimeters on our good old friends at Wikipedia. I I changed the video game language to American. Or American, US. American, I like it. American. So I can get the the measurements in the game in pounds and and feet. So that was just me remembering a statistic from being on Sherdog earlier looking up stats. So. Hey, shout out to your your knowledge there, though, because you called out. I didn't even know that they fought. So um, Kevin Holland and Jeff Neal did fight. That Mm -hmm. was in 2017, January of 2017. So almost four years ago. Um, And uh, that was at Extreme Knockout in Dallas, Texas, where he actually um, Kevin Holland beat Jeff Neal by TKO in round three. So really, really great shout there. I had no idea that that fight actually went down on the regional circuit. So credit to you on that one. Um, And so. Yeah, I guess my kind of verdict on that one, um, I absolutely think he's shown that he is top 10 level talent. There's no two ways about that by beating Jacare. Jacare has been a perennial, um, at least top 10 middleweight. And he's been one of those guys that you you question, like, how in the world has he never gotten a title shot? You know, that's even made it into our list in the past. He's just one of those guys that is incredibly talented and Kevin Holland, frankly, made short work of him, you know, <clears throat> and I think he outdid Nico Price's, you know, a shot from the bottom on Nico Price, I think, or um, on Randy Brown, rather, <laughs> Nico Price on Nico Price. He fought himself. Uh, I think it was just really, really impressive to watch that and the way that he's been blazing through people. Obviously, he has had some losses in, you know, uh, the UFC. He lost a uh, Tiago Santos when he was still at middleweight, but that was on like really short notice short coming notice, right yeah. off the contender series. So it wasn't a full camp version of him. And I'm forgetting what the other loss is. If anybody knows offhand, actually I can just pull it up. It was against Brendan Allen. So he, he subbed them. So there could be a, you would have thought though, if anybody was going to test him there, it would have been Jacare. <laughs> Jacare yeah, is course. a Mundial's champ. I mean, talk about credentialed on the ground and mm-hmm. it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. So, I think um, I think he's absolutely top ten talent. Um, he absolutely should be ranked in the top ten whenever the rankings come out. And they may have already, and I've just missed them. Um, Conor McGregor made it to number one on the pound for pound for about an hour, thanks to hackers on Monday. So I'm not sure if that's been updated yet. But he absolutely is top ten level talent. The question is, is he top five level talent? I would I would venture to say he probably is, um, but we have to see it. Uh, you know, we just have to see him up against another opponent. Um, who's really up there at the top. It's a shame that guys like Yoel aren't there anymore because I still think he was the boogeyman of the division. I thought he beat Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. I thought he beat Robert Whitaker in the second fight. So it's a shame that a test like that is gone. Um, yeah. And I think that would have been a tall, a massively tall test for him. I like the uh, I like the Chimaev fight, but it doesn't look like they're going to make it. But I, <clears> I really <throat> like that as a matchup. Really sets both people in, in their sort of 
their place really as where they'll fall into this division but ultimately you know you can give him a top five guy if he loses it doesn't really do much for him because he can he'll bounce straight back he's got you know a good three four five years competing in the ufc at least you know so mm. test him throw him in see where it see where it lands i think at the time as well interesting uh nicola maxwell says jacare went for that takedown too soon which is a, a pretty interesting take there um you would have thought though going earlier because a lot of times what they say is the further you're into the fight the more slippery you are just from the virtue of perspiration virtue <laughs> by virtue of perspiration um so you would have thought that you know that would have actually been a great time to take him down try to wade through that first round where all of the intensity is there all the energy is there and slow him down wear him out so i actually you know i, I think it's a good take nicola but i personally disagree on that um let's see what else are jtva i see jtva one of our mods up in the chat bt sport has holland's ko as ko of the year um contender top four okay so they have it for top four do you agree i had it way further down the list personally you know we have to take into account some of these uh because i'm having a hard time going through that i think buckley is the easy number one for this year mm-hmm. um but man does that rank up there um i tweeted that out from my account uh you know i can't remember which account it was on twitter that actually posted the highlight slow-mo of Jacare being finished from the ground but man mm. does that get it gets better every time you watch it it gets more impressive every time you watch it i think it's right up there it could be number two for me um i would have to see what bt sport has for three um and, and two there but yeah i've I probably got it number two if i'm going off the top of my head and this is very <laughs> like very quick you know not really thinking about it and assessing it for very long but do, do you have any thoughts on that one bailey I think it's a great KO because, you know, when you talk about fight of the year and KO of the year, there's a lot of factors that you can judge a fight or or a a KO on. And obviously one of them is stakes, you know, how much was on the line. And in that fight, there wasn't a lot on the line. But sometimes Mm. you have to set that aside because a great KO, like you said, should get better the more times you watch it. And also you should be able to show that to anyone and they should be able to either recognize the skill or the violent nature of it. And in both those cases, I think that's correct. You know, you don't often see someone pinned backwards getting hammered with straights from the top. I mean, it's a, it's a like an extremely violent position to be in at the end of a fight. And regardless of the stakes in that matchup, that, that KO would, would carry a lot of weight. I, I, mm. I'm reluctant to put it as number one for some reason, because I don't know, it didn't happen on the feet. It's a very unique part of it, but I mean, it didn't, I would, I would, I would put uh, Buckley's one above that, but for, for the athleticism shown um, and and the creativity, of course, as well. But I mean, there were a lot of great KOs. I mean, like you know, everyone have a different opinion. Personally, for me, my favorite KO of the year, the one that made me fill up inside and go ah, was when Cub <laughs> just knocked out. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. He knocked out a Cub's last win on Saturday. Was was phenomenal, um, and that was the first fight I remember this year physically. Just you know, screaming. You know, feeling the at three the, in the morning the, your time. Yeah, well, I was just went, ah, you know, and that's exactly what Cobb did at the same time. If you, you see him land that straight right at the end, and as soon as he knows it's over, he just goes straight into like screaming. It's very visceral. So that was great. I mean, yeah, I like those kind of chaos, but those ones that have emotions attached to them, those are ones that are about the stakes coming off injuries and things like that. So mm. it depends how you judge it as a fan or as an outsider. Um, two maybe honestly, I'd have to get a rundown. Like I'm a fan of of of, of Cody's KO, you know? Oh yeah. 
just because of the violence and the intent and the commitment to a, a one strike you know knockout and and and, and i mean that was a beautiful ko so last yeah, second of the round just yeah, a crazy setup for it you beautiful, know you know uh yeah, fantastic. Uh, just going to a couple super chats here. Outlaw 176, Hamzat Shamaya versus Leon Edwards opinion. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say controversial take. I think it's terrible matchmaking, but I really want to see it now. <laughs> you know, it's like there's no reason why, um, you know, Reese McKee is a great guy, you know, but he's a 155er. Um, you know, beating GM3, that's a great win incredible KO for Hamzat, but that was at middleweight. And yes, you could say that that lends itself from fighting at a heavier weight class to saying that, you know, of course that's going to translate at 170 and it should. Uh, we've seen guys with way worse weight cuts, you know, like the Conor McGregor's of the world who look like Skeletor on fight night, you know, like, uh, or especially at the weigh-ins when those were live and everybody would see him while he was still sucked in and Uriah Faber's trying to wrestle him against the wall and he just has nothing in him, you know, for, if, if anybody remembers that. But, um, yeah, I think it's terrible matchmaking, but I love the fight. I think it's incredible um, just for the questions that it can answer. I think that just like what we just got done saying about Holland, I think that um, I would venture to say Hamzat's probably a top five or top 10 rather. I wouldn't say he's a top five. Like I would guess or I would estimate Holland probably is just because the Reese McKee win isn't enough. And yes, the things that he's done at middleweight are great. And the things that he's done in Brave before then, I mean, he has one-punch knockouts there as well and crazy mm-hmm. submissions. I mean, he was their guy. He was their golden goose before he went to the UFC. So, I mean, he's he's always been great. And he has credentials as well. I think he placed third in Russia for um, wrestling nationals. And then he went to number one in Sweden. So, I mean, the guy's just well-rounded as well-rounded gets. Um, but Leon Edwards is number three. I mean, that's just crazy to me. And yes, I do think Leon Edwards should have taken the Stephen Thompson fight. And I think he kind of set himself up for, all right, well, if you're not going to take a ranked guy who's close to you, well, we're just going to give you a crazy fight. Um, mm-hmm. it's a little both. And I think he got strong armed into it, but now that it's happening and now that it's settled in, I'm, I'm stoked for it happening in whenever they can reschedule it for January or February. There's a very long witted take. I think it's great. I have Leon Edwards winning to wrap it up. What do you think? <laughs> Go on for 20 I mean, minutes. I, I, I can't help but feel for Leon, not just because he's an Englishman, but I mean, he had like, you know, he had the Woodley fight. He's had so many opportunities this year and just for various reasons, they've fallen through, like you said, the Thompson fight, his own volition. But I, I need to see him in a title elimination match. I don't need to see him prove himself against Chemayev because he's probably then going to have to take a title elimination fight anyway. You know, 170 is good at the top, but it needs to keep moving because I don't think Masvidal is going to get a title shot anytime soon. Colby mm-hmm. might be the fight to make, but th- that that weight class needs to keep moving. I, I don't know that the Shamayev fight does that. And I think Shamayev is, you know, he 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 he's a maybe a lot better than some people give him credit for. He he moves really well. He look he has really clean technique. He we're just even watching him shadow box and he's very loose. He's very fluid. I believe he's as good as he has looked. But there's no need to to rush him. You know, I, I know they want to push stars, but I mean, you can take someone. In my opinion, I like I really like the Kevin the Kevin Holland fight. I think that's a great mm. matchup between those two. I would rather see that two guys who have made a lot of noise, yeah. who are going to put on an entertaining fight, uh, mixed martial arts at the highest level, most likely, or at least with some kind of creativity or, or something different about it. Like Leon Edwards does not need to be in that position. He's I feel he's only in that position because he's gone like one, two, three fights fallen out, and this is where he is now. 
regardless obviously i'm excited for the fight who isn't i'm excited for most fights because i love fighting but i think it's an interesting matchup i would love to see how leon deals with him i'd love to see if leon can get some clinch work going he was a very opportunistic striker makes very little mistakes so yeah we'll see how good that power of hazamat is coming right down the middle towards leon and if he can uh, deal with the pressure and the, the takedown defense against the cage will probably be something that comes into it as well but uh, interesting matchup i can't really see too well how that one goes in, in my mind so yeah i would prefer something else but of course i'm excited for the fight as it is as well as most of us are because i think we just yeah it's a good fight and leon is very very talented i think he can i think he can be champion yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i've been saying for a while that i think that that's the person people should be hanging their hat on in the uk for a long time people were so stoked about darren till people were so stoked about jimmy manua you know like because they tend to be more knockout oriented in the beginning of career uh, like for leon that was true but in his more recent fights you know we're seeing him take down the cowboys the rdas mm -hmm. the um who else am i forgetting the more recent one oh um of course gunner nelson which was to me beautiful to watch because gunner yeah. nelson is known for being so tough outside of damian my on the ground for anybody to contend mm -hmm. with on the ground and he just went straight for it he he fought him right where his strength was and yeah. dominated him there it was that's fantastic. why uh, that's why i want to see him against a top five guy or a title in malaysia because yeah i feel like he just needs to fight the absolute best of that division so we can get a clear cut you know yes or no is he ready for a title shot and we're not going to get that with jamayev unfortunately which is another year and time of his career going so i love uh anthony walker's take here uh he says uh when leon outboxes hamza dana will cry um i don't know if uh you know i don't know if i'm ready to make that kind of prediction but i think it absolutely is a um you know just respecting his record and what he's done i think it's a totally fair uh, opinion to go for there i don't know if i'm quite that bold with it but i love it I, I think it's a fun take and i agree with you when when kevin holland called out hamzat after that win i think everybody collective in the mma community was like oh that makes more sense yeah. than the leon edwards fight by a million miles um and I'm sure people are really excited for him to get into title contention. So mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why people are really hyped about it. Because he's got a lot of fans, man, already. Yeah, Talk about sure. breakthrough star of the year. It, it's it's really between him and Kevin Holland. And I might even argue that Hamza has more fans um, at the end of this year. I, it's a really, really tough one. Yeah. Um, despite fighting three times. I think it was just the rapid succession and the wild, rabid fan base that that instantly built so, so quickly. But... Yeah, I think Kevin Holland has, believe, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but I think Kevin Holland probably has a few more haters as well, just because of oh. his overconfidence. You know, he like he seems very brash and he talks a lot, obviously. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that's going to attract a little bit. Obviously, that's still attention, but it feels like a little bit more hate side of things where, you know, Shemaev has almost got this like underlying cult following within the hardcore community as well. When we When we back someone who, you know, like you know Hamayev smash you know there's like a little there's like that cult <laughs> underlining to it as well well you bring up a really good point too because at that weird the weirdest presser ever you know where it's like oh we're not going to bring out Woodley and Colby for this one we're just going to have them come out separately but we're going to have GM3 and Hamzat on the podium together um a lot of people gave Shemaya flack for talking crap there actually a lot of people did and then it wasn't until he actually knocked out GM3, Mearshart, that people were just like, okay, we're fine with it now. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that the continued performances will nullify those type kind of things yeah. over time. And I think for Kevin Holland, does. 
I think um, if he had a lot of naysayers going in, I think he gained a lot more fans just mm-hmm. for the way he won. And I think the same thing happened for Shemaev against uh, Gerald Mearshart. But anyhow, mm-hmm. another super chat from War Dog. He says, oof, I'm an hour late. But thank you for the super chat, my friend. Appreciate you. Jumping into the general chat just to move it along there. Um, Hamzat has 70K more Twitter followers, says JTVo. So That's a lot. That's a, uh, you know, that's a, that's a decent metric. Um, I find Instagram to be a little bit more. Uh, I yeah. actually love Twitter more than Instagram. I don't even use my Instagram. I just love the instant uh, interactivity on Twitter. But yeah. I, I do find probably Instagram. I, so if anybody has the numbers on that. Um, let's see. We don't know anything about Shimaev until he fights Edward, says the artist formerly known. <laughs> about Shimaev until he fights yeah. wait wait I no, just like moved up right as I was reading that midline I was like wait what uh it literally jumped up mid uh, reading that line but what is his name the armist for Ar- artist formerly known as Brian Telford okay there we go go ahead with what you were saying that threw me off so I, much. I feel like we we definitely don't know anything about him until he fights Leon but he doesn't need to fight Leon we can have him fight anyone else you know yeah. not anyone Jared Mearshart again no yeah okay. maybe not ever maybe not You're literally like, say that. I mean maybe Mearshart will do better I don't know maybe <laughs> I, I feel like you know we don't need to see him against Leon Edwards we don't need to see that yeah it would be nice fine but like it, it feels like it's like the end of a I feel like he was only inserted into that conversation uh, because Leon obviously had just taking whoever he can and, and it was just available at the time you know it, it just doesn't feel like it's I mean, I put him against Mike Perry. Put him against someone with some following, someone with some fire. I mean, maybe not Mike Perry because at this point, I feel like people wouldn't give him enough credit for the win. But, you know, somebody else. Shitty tag. Shitty tag. No, I, I, well, I, I, not Mike Perry, but you know what I mean. Someone <laughs> with a name. It doesn't have to be Leon. It really doesn't. Balin is better than Tom says Tom Ransom, by the way. You just got high marks from the co-owner of the the whole company, dude. Tom Ransom. I'd be so self-deprecating, Tom. What are you doing? Tom is a very humble man. (laughs) (laughs) Tom is a super humble man. Um, See, Ryan Coates says, love you, Jason. Is Hardy finally getting a challenge? I'm putting him in a Mike Perry category. I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, I think he's already had a challenge. The Volkov one was a huge challenge for him, and he actually did better than we thought he would do in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's kind of in this category of it's like I feel like he's there to be controversial. I don't feel like he'll ever be a contender. Maybe he will. You know, maybe two years down the line we'll see that. But it's like, oh yeah, he's an NFL player that a lot of people love to hate to kind of thing. So let's put him on the main card. Even though I would argue, I don't think the metrics. I don't think there's anything to really show that you know, he's like some big draw. We just have to put him above all these like grizzled vets that, you know, belong in the main card over him. I'll just be totally honest about that. So I kind of put him in that same uh, category. So I appreciate you, Ryan Coates. You said something very nice and uh, I disagree with your, your take um, about Hardy. Well, you didn't really take a stance there, but I just don't really care. That's just the honest truth. Um, Alberto Martinez, $5 super chat. Cheers from Wisconsin. Super early prediction. Who will be the 2021 fighter of the year? 2021. Oh, wow. So we are working up. Um, you know, <laughs> it's in the very early stages. Our 2021 fighters to watch out for. But mm-hmm. man, it, it passes prologue. You got to go with um, Kevin Holland or Hamza Shamayev, don't you? 
I mean, it's like the, those guys are the ones standing out. Chaos Williams. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, fighter of the year. I mean, I think that there's probably anyone who's looking to, to, to make a statement. I mean, listen, for all we know, it could be Conor McGregor. I mean, we don't know what he's going to do next year. You know, it could be anyone who's who's poised to uh, build momentum or has already generated a lot of momentum. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you want to go for something like Hamayev. Uh, but you never know. You don't know how uh, you know Cheeto might be Aldo, and then you know who knows what his his year is going to look like next year. Um, mm. uh, it, it's hard. There's there's a lot of top talent out there. It's all about how who who starts the year well, typically. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's MMA, really. I think I'd probably go for the safe bag and, and pick pick either of those two. But then you know, there's also like really sneaky people. You know, like someone like Josh Emmett, who's looked really good recently. Yeah. Um, he's Jonathan Mercado and... ads. Uh, Fiziev, I think that's a great one to throw in there too. But continue, yeah. sorry. No, that was that was it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd have to have a look at the, the list to pick more names out. But I, I think, yeah, I think those are two safe bets for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh. Some people are saying Jeff Neal in the chat. Uh. Main. May Yank. Neil hasn't shown me anything that makes me feel like he's gonna take off. You know, again, his best win, like you said, is over Mike Mike Perry. So, you know, and he caught Mike Perry <laughs> that fight. When you say it out loud, I laugh. Um, well, I love Mike Perry, man. You know, he's great. But dude, uh, I, I know we we don't talk politics on this channel, but the fact is, the very first fight he had, uh, he was making fun of uh, the fighters' eyes because he was Asian out of his corner and i was like yeah, dude i'm done with this guy i was done with him fair from enough. the first one it's like fair how enough. do you not know you can't say that but uh yeah. i get what you're saying is fun fight style you're not focusing on the antics outside of the yeah. cage i just i just i just uh, yeah i can't do well, it yeah. i can't do it of course i understand um let's see and uh alberto martinez also wanted to know our female fighter of the year so this is kind of the same situation i think i would jump on zhang wei li just by virtue of um, how well she's performed so far and the way she knocked out Andrade and the fight of the year performance that she put on against Joanna, I think she will stay the champion over the year. And uh, I think that she'll probably be that that one there. Um, Amanda Nunes, it almost feels like she doesn't have the, um, what's the word, the challengers? Um, who knows? Maybe her and Valentina well, will fight a third time, you know? We know who Nunes' next fight is going to be, don't we? Clarissa Shields, she's coming over from PFL. Oh, uh, I Megan, thought it was going to be uh, that Megan, YouTuber that we weren't going to. No one wants to talk about. Oh, Jake, didn't she accept? <laughs> didn't she accept a fight with him? Isn't the that what Dana Davis quote? Said? That's great. <laughs> she accepted, I think so. <laughs> yeah, she did on Twitter. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's a really fun question, Alberto Martinez. I, I appreciate that. There's no way we're possibly going to be right. Um, all we can do is uh, give it our best bet, and that's what's fun about that question. Skylar Thompson, 499. I had the opportunity to shake Fedor's hand a few years ago. Congrats to you, Skylar. Holy crap. Um, can you move the chat over just a little bit? I'm reading off your screen. Oh, there it is. Okay, I see it now. Um, let's see. His career went down the tube shortly after. Okay, after you met him. I still blame myself. Love your videos. Thank you, Skyler. I uh, appreciate you. Yeah, um, I don't really see a question in there, but yeah, uh, maybe sometimes we do have a bit of bad luck. They, they call it in uh, casinos a cooler. The ones that, you know, just their presence seems to make people lose. Obviously, I don't really believe in uh, the superstitions like that. But yeah, that's awesome that you got to meet him. A bit of a shame. <laughs> Things didn't continue for Fedor after that. That's that's awesome and appreciate your support. 
Uh, Nicola Maxwell, will this week's get deleted again? Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, the honest truth is, you know, um, you know, we're trying to put a spotlight on these promotions, and sometimes those promotions uh, aren't necessarily on board, so we have to take it down. So, you know, who knows? You know, we'll see how the organizations come on here, but the intent is to highlight these organizations and uh, really kind of put a spotlight on where people are coming from and organizations that people should see and to tune into the next events. So we're actually working on relationships with a lot of these organizations. We got some calls with these in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, apologize about that. We'll do what we can to make sure that doesn't happen in the future. So, you know, it's the YouTube game. That's how it is. It's the same on Twitch, as you know, uh, all too well, Bailey. And, and yeah, that's how it works. But anyhow, appreciate everybody for joining us on that segment. To be honest, Jason, it's been a tough week for me with family problems. So it's nice for you, Jason, to do these live chats. Cheers me up a little, says Howard Trent. Howard, you are uh, a really awesome guy. So I want to I want to shout out to our all of our regulars while I'm saying this, but Howard Trent, you are here each and every single time. And it means a lot to us as a channel, um, as a YouTube channel, as a Twitch channel to see you, see you here every single time. Dude, you're a really good guy. I couldn't tell you how much I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, why don't you make another quiz for us on Twitch? <laughs> that was fun last time, even though it was all meme stuff. It was great. Um, JTVo said, only 41 likes with 288 people watching. What are we going to do about that? Uh, yeah, so JTVo, <laughs> you make a really good shout out. Thank you. Anybody looking at this one, jump in here and give this thing a like because we put a lot of work into this. Um, actually, I'm seeing 97 likes, so you might actually have to refresh your page now, JTVo. So I appreciate that even still. Um, we just saw somebody put in a really shitty comment. Go die. How about that? Um, somebody was literally putting <laughs> give me, give me like 70 years. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just stay away from anything that resembles people. Uh, just go away. Press like you. I, I don't know what Nicola Maxwell is saying after that, um, but she came up with her own <laughs> insult, which I like, but she said press like. Appreciate you guys. Um, let's see. That's just strange. You would think that they want exposure. So if, if you don't mind, I'll kind of wax poetic here a little bit. I do think that this is a reflection of where MMA is. You know, like, do I think that we're a better YouTube channel than a lot of the tech or gamer channels out there in terms of, technical prowess and editing ability uh no <laughs> by no means i think we're just kind of the first to really take it on uh the montage king is obviously one of our predecessors an incredible channel we've got all things mma who is up here in the chat it's not cage fighting always shows up in here there are a lot of great channels that are doing stuff now i think the reason why we're at and where we're why we're poised at where we're at kind of is still a sign of the infancy of the sport. Blockbuster uh, obviously came out with the rental industry in the 1990s and the movie industry thought it was the worst thing on the planet. They literally sued Blockbuster and said it was illegal and that they were illegally distributing their movies on VHS people, VHS before DVD. And uh, they lost that, thank God. And actually what it turned people in was into movie fanatics. We're going through a version of that right now with the internet and we still see that with brands like nintendo who are still famously stringent on what goes up cyberpunk one of your favorite games is going through a huge controversy with not showing mm. 
anything with the embargo that they had on console gaming. So we still see it in other industries, but not quite to the extent of MMA. It's much more extreme. And I do think that it's a sign of the infancy of new media and the sport. And I think that um, hopefully that we get to pave some sort of way for the people that are coming along. The people that are with us now are also paving that along with us. But, you know, the, I think that this does benefit all these organizations um, and it puts a spotlight on it. I think it makes massive fans in the way that Blockbuster did in the 90s. So without waxing on too long, I really do just think it's one of those things that it's something that we'll have to deal with now and over time it will get better. But for right now, people don't see the benefit of it because it's new to them. The sport is still only, what, 30 years old, you know, less than less than that. You know, we're, what are we at, 27 years, almost mm-hmm. going on 28 so I think it's something that will, you know, grow in the future. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that from a Twitch perspective. Yeah, I mean, I can say just something like, um, you know, typically on Twitch, a lot of people will be happy to watch YouTube videos with their community or if, you know, if there's like something coming up or a new game or a cinematic, that's generally fine. But, like, I, I will never watch anything from the UFC YouTube channel on my Twitch or watch along despite there being an audience there because I know they will immediately, like, catch it and flag it like there's no hesitation so you can't mess around you can't be like hey guys you want to watch you know the thrill and the agony of the last ufc it's just like (laughs) no if you show anything you're going to get flagged so ufc in particular mma stuff in particular yeah they're definitely very on top of that i I would agree for sure yeah yeah hopefully one day we'll you know see a change and i believe we will i believe that um you know influencer i kind of hate using that word because I, I hate thinking of myself as an influencer, but it is a real thing. People pay for influencer marketing for a reason because they yeah. know it adds value. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens. It'll down the line. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah, it is a bit frustrating because we honestly are. Yes, it does give us content, but it also gives these people a voice, especially for some of these Russian leagues. You're not hearing a lot of uh, Western MMA fans talking about it in an English speaking. Uh, context. So I, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot that can be said for um, the value of that. And so hopefully that these organizations see it. And we're, we're working on building relationships with these people too. So we're trying to do it the right way. We're trying to run with regulation rather than running away from it. That's a classic Dana line yeah, from the old SEG to Zufa. By the way, Jay Tivo, thank you for shouting out Caveman Coffee. I've actually not shouted them out yet. Speaking of everything that we're trying to do on the show, this used to be just a straight up live chat. We didn't have, you know, guests on. We didn't have, you know, uh, Lawton working a full day beforehand to help me prep this and coming in earlier. Shout out to Caveman Coffee. They are huge supporters of this channel. They're owned by Tate Fletcher, Keith Jardine. Definitely support them. The link is in the description. 25% off. Just use the link. I'm drinking the Nitro Cold Brew, which is a crazy amount of caffeine. <laughs> and I love it for that. <laughs> it's awesome. So shout out to them. They are awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, let's see where else we're at. Um think Tony, Tony gets cut. Whoa. Was that what you were about to read? It almost sounded um, like you I were going to say that. I just saw there's a lot of Tony Oliveira conversation going on. Um, I think we, we should go back to the point you made when we were doing the analysis is that in, in situations like this, we're all very quick to you know mm. demean Tony, but obviously we have to give props to Charles and his performance. Like you said, like you can't take anything away from the guy. His jujitsu control from the top is very impressive. And I, I consider his grappling 
not I wouldn't say very different from Habib's but it is a, almost a different approach you know Oliveira even on those body lock takedowns his chin was tucked to Tony and he goes by the old jiu-jitsu you know uh, modicum of, of, of creating no space like if you mm. watch his top control he gave Tony no space and in jiu-jitsu you need space to be able to manipulate your opponent as soon as there's space you're able to move you're able to you know shrimp or, or get underhook so he just gave Tony no space and even his transitions to mount he was so tight inside control and he would he would almost knee slice across the belly into mount he was his knee was coming so close and so that was just beautiful work from him no wonder tony couldn't do yeah. anything because he just gave him no opportunity to do anything i also think we should point out that his hands looked amazing for the brief amount of time that we saw it he just looked super crisp and like i said tony was throwing crazy stuff on the feet that's why i'm kind of insisting that i still think it's him uh you know like that it's not you know this crazy different version of him that he's lost i just thought that oliver was that good on the night but if you looked at the few striking exchanges that they had i mean he was throwing clean fast and hard not a lot of energy being being expended but it was very efficient at the same time it was just very very um impressive for even just the short glimpses that we got of it, which yeah. is almost the unfortunate part about it we got to see the brilliance on the ground which makes me hope that habib comes back in those two fight more than anybody else yeah. but on the same token i want to see some more of that striking dude i just do yeah um, he's a very very good frame on him and, and he fights out of that frame that defensive frame very well yeah just very traditional muay thai out of that like long longer stance that he has Ooh, yeah um Tony's still a killer. You can't, I, I think, assume that Noah means get that away or, or um, keep him away. But yeah, I definitely don't think he's going to be cut to go with that. Um, let's see. Uh, Nicola Maxwell is saying that he feeds off the crowd. I would argue that Justin Gaethje feeds off the crowd more though. Um, and he still won that fight. But of course we had the double weight cut situation. So there's a lot of other things to put in there, but I don't think there's anybody out there that feeds off the crowd more than Justin Gaethje. And that was the best version we ever saw of him in the Tony fight. Unfortunately, probably not the best version we saw in the Beeb fight, but I also thought we saw the best version of Beeb there. So it's like, yeah. which way do you go with that one? It's really, really tough. Um, Nicola, yeah. So, so just more on that, she said he falls flat without the crowd, to be honest. And Charles is a beast, but nothing extraordinary. Wow, that's a hot take, Nicola. I think he looked absolutely extraordinary there. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if it's short-lived or not, but um, I'm I'm with it. Um, why do you think Dustin beats Connor? Shelly Sebastian says. That's a bit of a leading question. <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Uh, what are your th- what's your take on that one? Oh, it all depends on think, what kind of first con- off. I'm, I, I don't know. It depends on what Connor shows up. I, I think in terms of striking acumen, I would say Connor is is the more traditionally talented mm. striker. But Poirier's, you know, tenacity, pressure, pace play into it as well. I mean, it's about that backward step. I feel who who who's moving forward, who's going backwards. Connor fights very well in both ways but yeah poirier fights a lot better when he's moving forwards uh and connor was able to back poirier up immediately in their mm. opening fight so i don't know poirier's poirier's definitely someone who never quits on himself either so he, he's patient about his opportunities in a fight you know he feels like i i feel he feels like he knows that he he will get his chance and from there he can work his game so he he doesn't ever seem to be in a rush um 
to, to, to capitalize on those moments when they do occur. I don't know, man. It's a very interesting fight. Both Southpaws, both, uh, I think that's pertinent because they both use their weapons as Southpaws very well against Orthodox fighters. So to see how those weapons translate against each other will be interesting. Um, I, mean, I think Connor is it's still one of the best strikers we've ever had in that division. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I think Poirier is as well, but Poirier's got a more... I don't know. It's it's a more veteran game. I feel it's it's a give and take. Sometimes you know it's mm. a trade off. It's a, it's a it's a, a a win by small margins periodically throughout the fight, rather than you know that kill shot that Connor looks for and then the setup to it. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. I mean, it depends on motivate Connor was at the start of twenty twenty. He sounded very motivated to get back in mm. there. Um, it's see where he is now as well. I guess. Well, so is your prediction for? Because I don't know if I heard one that... Predictions, do you, do you not? Jason. You don't have to do them. Predictions. You don't have to. <laughs> it's a tough fight. It's a really tough fight to predict. I, I, it's one of those fights where I want to see the embedded and I want to see the weigh-in week and I want to <laughs> I want to see who's mentally in, in what state. Make your prediction closer. You know? Yeah, but because Connor played the game on Poirier last time, right? He, he, he played that game. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's tough. You know, they were both kind of weight last time as well. I, I feel I do feel Connor was a better fighter at 145. He used his his movement and his his diversity of striking a lot better. But I'm just going to keep going around in circles analyzing this and not actually give you a name. But I'm going to go Connor. Screw it, Connor McGregor. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> it could go either way. You're making me pick, man. I could find paths to victory for both. Well, here's here's um. I've seen. Go on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. They'll get to hear say, me I've next week. It's all good. Too, <laughs> I've seen Connor do too many things inside that cage that I didn't think he can do to doubt him again. You know, mm. <laughs> depends what he says. I think people are really bad about this, um, kind of putting in their likes and dislikes above what they're actually seeing, what, um, mm -hmm. what techniques they may possess, rather than um, yeah, or, or, actually instead they're putting over their personality so like colby i've made videos about disliking colby uh and people got me very mad at me for those but um i don't care how much i dislike him i think colby has put the best fight to usman to date and i'll say that over and over and over yeah, again for sure i think the same thing should be said for mcgregor mcgregor gives you a lot of reasons to hate him <laughs> he punched an old man for not drinking his whiskey just for the petty reason that he didn't drink his whiskey in some bar that's ridiculous that's a good reason to dislike somebody just yeah. on an objective level that's pretty despicable um but does that mean he's a bad fighter no these are two separate things you know we have to be able to separate these independent variables so while i do disagree with you i can absolutely see conor mcgregor winning um to answer the question from sebastian or shelly sebastian i think what it comes down to for me is i just these these are ethereal things. They're not concrete. They're, you know, uh, more going after the, I, I guess, qualitative rather than quantitative measurements. But for me, I just think that Poirier has been putting in the work over and over throughout the years. I do think that we've seen the change in his boxing style. His output is phenomenal. So if anybody yeah. can take him into dark waters, but also take yeah. a punch, we've seen that he can take a better punch at 155 as well. It's been a while since that um, that Johnson fight, which was a fight that or a, a punch that I think would have knocked out anybody. By the way, 
But um, I think that the dedication that he has to the sport has really shown off, and I think we're seeing the best version of him. And again, that's qualitative. Um, I doubt that we're. I doubt. I think Connor has one foot out the door. So again, yeah, these aren't techniques that I'm breaking down, but I really do believe at the end of the day. And I want to get proven wrong, by the way. I love seeing an upset in my eyes. So I love yeah. eating crow more than you know. <laughs> but uh, for, for me, I do see this being Dustin Poirier. I just think he's in it. I think his mind is there where Connors is not 100% there. So I I can agree with those points. But also, if, if you're going to, you shouldn't play the paper game. But statistically, mm-hmm. Poirier has been finished with strikes and Connor hasn't. Yeah. Poirier has been in more wars. I mean, I think those Diaz fights took a lot out of McGregor, 100%. Mm. But he has had more time, I feel, to recover since then. I'm, I, I, they've both been through some wars, really. I, if you ask me who has the stronger chin, I would... Because it could come down to that. It's like Connor maybe has can take a better shot. But then, of course, like you said, Poirier is prepared to go to deep waters and weather a shot. And we've seen that. So Holloway, you know, man. I, I mean, the Holloway fight, every, every fight, every fight Poirier is in, he, he takes the fight there and he wins the fight there. You know, he did it to Gaethje. He did it to Holloway. He did it mm. to everybody. So it's a, it's an interesting fight. We've seen Conor obviously drop once, but he he bounced back up. I, I think he takes a shot incredibly well. And Poirier did tag him in, in their first fight as well, but he, he, he took, he takes shots so well. It's, and it depends what kind of Connor comes in there as well, like we say, because if he comes in full of brash mm. and arrogance and, you know, he, he moves forward and he talks to you and he lets you know that he's not hurting you. And Poirier has been there before. And, you know, say what you want about MMA. I, I have heard many stories of fighters talk about, you know, when you lose to someone, especially by knockout, you know, you may feel you've improved, but I mean, I wonder if that will ever pop up in Poirier's mind and not Ooh. just the sensation of being knocked out and the fact that he knows Connor can do it to him because he's done it before, but also maybe some of the humiliation that came with it at the time and a repeat of that feeling that would make him slightly more hesitant in, in certain situations. I, I don't know. I mean, I would never make the claim that Poirier is in that mindset, but you never know how he's going to feel, especially on fight night. Yeah, I think the argument would not be for a knockout from Poirier. Not that he isn't capable of it, but I think the argument would be, you know, he usually tends to win by TKO anyway, so that would be the the safest bet. But also, mm. the, the reason why I kind of pointed out the Holloway fight in particular, that might be the guy with the best cardio in all of the UFC. You know, True. he's certainly in the top three mentions. You know, you could only put a couple other names in there with him. And uh, he outlasted him to a decision. And uh, do I think that his cardio was better than Holloway's? No, but it shows that he can dig deep enough to still win those rounds when you know yeah. he's even more tired. So that's a mental toughness that, you know, I don't think you can teach anybody yeah. that. So uh, I think um, it's the classic thing. Connor, first round, second round, probably. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen then. Yeah. Third, fourth, fifth, deep, deep waters. That's Poirier's, you yeah. know, game right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really great points made on either side here. I think we'll go to one last question here because uncle Joey's really been trying to get this one through and we keep it on the same note here. I'll ask this to you, Bailey and, uh, from uncle Joey, who is one of our video editors. shout out to you, Clay in the comments here. Do you think there will be a crowd for that fight? It depends where it is, doesn't it? Mm. Um, do we know where it is? Am I just someone who doesn't know where it is? Is it in Abu Dhabi? Uh, it looks like it's going to be in Abu Dhabi then there could definitely be a crowd for that fight. Um, 
I don't know if the UFC want to do like 500 people and, and consider that a deal or if they are either an all or nothing sort of thing. I think if they really, really wanted the crowd, they could just go to New Zealand, right? Maybe. I don't know what the arena's like out there, but I mean, they've talked about that. There's obviously the mm. Adesanya fight out there, but... Great point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a crowd. I don't know. I Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer, okay? <laughs> I could speculate either way. At best, um, very rich politicians who got their vaccines first. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, here we <laughs> we'll, go, yeah. We'll have to see. Um, my my best guess, I mean, Dana's been saying he won't do it unless it's a sold-out crowd. But yeah, I, exactly. I do suspect there will be VIPs. I mean, we saw people inside the cage on Saturday night taking photos yeah. after it was done. So I think uh, we'll look at that more situation where they'll charge out the ass because they can do that for a fight like that. That's big money. And that maybe they'll charge, you know, $10,000 flight not included type kind of situation if you want to come and sit six feet apart from your best buddy. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see I what happens. I think Poirier, Poirier had his, some of his family at his last fight against Hooker as well, I think, as well. Justin Gaethje didn't, had his. Didn't uh, Poirier have, uh, what's his face? Uh, that, that comedian was there as well, who he's good friends with. Oh, I don't think he was there. Um, the name is escaping me, the tip of the tongue phenomenon. Yeah. Um, somebody in the chat's about in to shout it out immediately. Yes, because he's also from uh, Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. Okay, maybe um, behind the scenes. I thought we're were so there. close. We're just circling around this. Theo Vaughn, yeah. Theo Vaughn, Theo Vaughn there it is. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so w uh, one last thing. I did miss a super chat for $5 from Ryan Coates. I love how you're signaling that to me. <laughs> you can't just say it on the mic, but he's just like <laughs> highlighting on screen very slowly and gingerly with the, the nice sound. I never want to interrupt the rants you guys are going on because it's always good information. So I'm just like in the background, just like, hey, <laughs> it is beautiful. Uh, I, I don't know why I said it that way. I think it's just because you have such a lovely voice. I had to go for a, a vaguely announcer voice. All right, so Ryan Coates, biggest sweetheart in the UFC, running out of questions today, <laughs> just showing support. Ryan Coates, you're dope. Um, I mean, I I, I I saw somebody say this in the comments earlier. Easy, Amanda Hebus, done. Wait, what was the question? Biggest sweetheart in the UFC. He, he oh, admits Amanda it's not Hebus? the greatest of questions, but uh, I go with Amanda Hebus for you sure. You know who I, I want to say, I'm going to play to a soft spot and say, I'm going to say Cobb Swanson. I don't know why. I feel like, did oh. you watch the video after his knockout and someone posted it and it was his kids celebrating and it's just like, that's that's a very sweetheart moment. He's, they were like, daddy, yay, you know? And he's always like, you know, very gracious, like, you know, wants to put on the, uh, what's he called it? Beautiful violence or something. So uh, he's a sweetheart, right? But no, he was <laughs> definitely, she's stolen everybody Uh with that smile as well, I think definitely. I mean, you could pick someone like like Hannah Cyphers, you know, someone very quiet. Oh man, you know, she was just like. I've met but, her yeah. before too. I mean, she is. It was actually very difficult to interview her for that reason, because she's mm -hmm. very very shy, but the sweetest person on the planet. Roxanne Modafferi is a great one. Well, uh, let's not assume like you you've mentioned Rox men as well. What could be the uh, the male counterpart to that? Cubs Swanson course, is pretty right? great. Wonder Boy has to be up there. Yeah, who's who's in contention for the NMF? Who who else is in contention for that? I feel like there's definitely That's some current. People, right? That's current. Um who's the um who's the is it the Monkey King? The 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 jujitsu guy who just we've got that beautiful slam KO where he framed on the face and uh that was like oh. two weeks ago now. Is it is it the Monkey King? I can't remember his name. Uh, he's a very nice, very well, very well 
thought out Lovely very man. Uh, yes um yeah the name is escaping me on that one too jordan is it jordan levitt someone's put into jordan levitt was that i believe name? so yes yeah, um go. yeah great reaction from him but anyhow uh i feel like le- leave it love it love it love it that's how you yeah. pronounce it um but yeah, I appreciate the silly question. We can end on that silly note. Um, again, one more shout out to Caveman Coffee. Again, 25% off. All you got to do is use the code in the comments or in the description. Click that link. You'll save that money right off the bat. Appreciate everyone sticking around. If you haven't liked the video already, appreciate you. And then, of course, Balian, massive shout out to you. I believe our first video with you. So, you know, things are always subject to Thank change. Thank you. I think we're going for Tuesday. So he is now, I don't even think I've said this yet, and we saved it kind of for the end here, this the special thing. He's now going to start voicing our video. So if you've remarked on his voice, congratulations. You have spotted what we took too long to spot. We should have picked him up way sooner. But uh, he is going to be showing up on Tuesday. And Big Beat Visual, what's up? That's another one of our editors in uh, Walsh. Thomas Walsh, not Tomas Welsh. I swear, I swear he's still trolling us on that pronunciation. But uh, is there anything that you would like to shout out, Balian, before we go? Um, uh, yeah, of course, you got ESFL, you got your own channel. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you aren't aware, the UFC have partnered with uh, the Esports Fight League, which is a community run esports organization for the UFC video games. Uh, and now every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash UFC, the UFC's Twitch channel, you can watch competitive esports for the ufc game it's full production it's a full fight card it's really high level fights really high level entertainment as well i think it's as there's as much drama in those fights and with those competitors once you get to know them as any ufc card it's a really good time so twitch.tv slash ufc uh for the ufc esports league yeah you guys kill the production with you being uh, the announcer along with bruce lee rob who also runs his own great channel so uh, yeah yeah definitely be keeping an eye out for that um, the last thing that I want to announce is shortly after this, we will be posting a teaser for the Stephen Thompson part two video shortly after this. Um, and uh, this one, he'll be doing a breakdown of the welterweight division. So it's particularly important going into this fight with Jeff Neal. Um, so we got a little bit of a teaser trailer that we will be showing on social media. So keep an eye out on uh, our platforms for that. So, one more shout out to you, Bailey, and one more shout out to Lot for killing on production. Another shout out to Caveman Coffee. Did you have something? And, on? Yes. If you have nothing to do today, Tom and Ooh. Mac are about to be live on our Twitch. I am linking that in the chat right now. Oh, Tom is back. Awesome. Yeah. So Tom and Mac are about to be live on Twitch. So if you want to click that link, go hang out with them tonight. They're going to be streaming for a few hours. So just wanted to pass you guys that way. If you still want to hang out with the MMA on Point fam. Mama on point, baby. Mama on point, baby. I might go over there. I might hang out. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Challenge yeah. Mac to a few fights. Amazing. Yeah, uh, that would actually be a fun match to watch. Um, but anyhow, guys, appreciate you. Everyone that's in here, if you haven't liked it already, thank you for the mods for showing up. Thank you for everybody that's come in here. It's good to see a lot of the team show out. Michael Chandler, I think you're gone already, but you are a legend. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, with that being said, you guys have a great Wednesday. See you on the Twitch chat, see you on our videos, and see you on Sunday for ESFL. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you on the next video. Peace out. Thank you.